0: Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Treasury seizes 136 investment accounts in Puerto Rico and the United States. First COVID-19 antiviral pill could soon be used in CARICOM. St. Lucia installs early warning systems for tsunamis. U.S. Virgin Islands population shrank by 18% since 2010. And Caribbean Airlines returns to Fort Lauderdale. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, October 29th. We start a report today in Puerto Rico. The Weekly Journal reports that the U.S. Treasury Secretary, Francisco Perez Alicia, reported that the seizure of 136 investment accounts in Puerto Rico and the United States brokerage-owned firms by delinquent taxpayers. The liens that will be processed amount to $3,094,857, including interest surcharges, penalties, and cost of garnishment. Treasury actions coordinated by the Revenue Department and the Internal Revenue Area arises from the failure of taxpayers to attend to their debts and their inaction to the available approaches and alternatives said that 13 seizure letters were being personally delivered to brokerage houses in Puerto Rico and another 123 are being sent to brokerage houses in the United States for a total of 136 seizures on investment accounts. These enforcements and collection efforts are part of the work plan to combat tax evasion. We have identified approximately 6,000 additional cases That we are evaluating to proceed against investment accounts. We are acting on the assets of these people because despite having the ability to pay, they insist on not complying with the department, Patez explained. We urge debtors or defaulters to voluntarily go to the department to find out about the payment alternatives and that once they reach the agreement, comply with it to avoid collection efforts and that we have to exercise the powers of the department, he stressed. The secretary also announced other control efforts are being carried out. In the case of wage garnishments, the process has been changed from manual to electronic, streamlining work. At the moment, the U.S. Treasury is working on 6,500 individual and corporations that have defaulted on their payments, representing $93.3 million. Barbados today reports that a potentially life-saving antiviral pill for the treatment of COVID-19 in adults could soon be used in Barbados and elsewhere in the Caribbean community. The chief public health officer of CARICOM said Thursday, executive director for the Caribbean Public Health Agency, CARFA, Dr. Joy St. John, said that once the drug Manupariva receives the World Health Organization approval, CARFA would be making a recommendation for use to CARICOM. The announcement comes after drug maker Merck & Company said it would license qualified pharmaceutical firms worldwide to produce the oral medication under an agreement with the United Nations-backed medicine patent tools. It was not immediately clear whether pharmaceutical companies in the Caribbean would be among those in line to produce the pill under the license agreement. St. Lucia Time reports that as a part of the St. Lucia Disaster Vulnerability Reproduction Project implemented by St. Lucia's Department of Economic Development, three tide gauges were installed by the UK's National Oceanography Center during the period of October 12 to 22, 2021 at strategic locations along St. Lucia's coastline. The installation worked towards the core objective of reducing vulnerability to natural disasters and hazards and climate change impacts. The network and tide gauges will continuously measure and report the level of sea and tidal activity. Data from the tide gauges will be publicly available at the website of the Sea Level Station Monitoring Facility and will be used by a range of local and regional agencies. The director of the National Emergency Management Organization, Mrs. Doreen Gustave, noted installations as an important addition to the early warning system on the island. The data will contribute to the Caribbean Tsunami Early Warning System to ensure that coastline residents have the maximum notice possible of life threatening tidal waves, which can be triggered by earthquakes. This application is important as St. Lucia is in an active earthquake zone. The Virgin Islands source reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands population is the lowest it's been in decades, according to figures released Thursday from the 2020 U.S. Census. The total count for the territory is 87,146, which represents a decline of 18 percent from the 2010 population count of 106,405. Although the depth of the decline may be surprising, a decrease has been predicted, giving the closing of Hovensa Oil Refinery on St. Croix early in the decade and again after the hurricanes of 2017. Statistics on public school enrollment, which dropped from 15,747 in 2010 to 2011 school year to 10,718 in 2018 to 2019 school year, also also indicate a population decline, but the 18% drop is a dramatic departure from recent years. The VI population has been increasing since sometime in the 1930s. From the 1930s to the 1940s, it rose by 13.1% from a total of 22,012 to 24,889 people. Subsequent census data, which is gathered every 10 years years showed the population continued to increase up to 2,000 when it was at 108,612. The increase, especially from 1950 through 1980, were commonly attributed largely to immigration from other islands. The 2010 census marked the first time a decline was recorded in 70 years, and that drop was just 2%. 721 News reports that Caribbean Airlines reintroduces services between Fort Lauderdale and Kingston, Jamaica, and Port of Spain, Trinidad, and Fort Lauderdale just in time for the holidays. Starting from December 7th, Customers can fly twice weekly on Tuesdays and Thursdays between Kingston, Jamaica and Fort Lauderdale. These services will continue beyond the holiday peak period to provide improved connectivity between the two cities. Additionally, from December 12, 2021 to January 10, 2022, the airline will operate a twice weekly seasonal service on Thursdays and Sundays between Port of Spain, Trinidad, and Fort Lauderdale. Flights are open for sale via the airline's website, the reservation sales and services centers, and Caribbean Airline mobile app, ticket offices, and travel agents. Also, through the airline's websites, customers can verify the entry requirements and other important travel information for any destination as well as make appointments for COVID-19 tests. Customers are asking to kindly note that travel safety protocols are in place including the mandatory wearing of face masks during check-in while boarding and for the duration of their flight. The Bahamas Tribune reports that Bahamas Hotel Union president last night said the impact from Atlantis' plan to reopen Coral Towers in November will be determined by the number of employees recalled to work. Darren Woods, the Bahamas Hotel Catering and Allied Workers' Union president, spoke out after the Paradise Island Mega Resort confirmed to Tribune Business that the Coral Towers will reopen next month to accommodate guests' demands associated with the return of the Battle for Atlantis preseason college basketball tournament. While the newspaper was informed, the re- opening is set for November 15, an Atlantis spokesperson gave no specific date in their response to inquiries. They said the Coral at Atlantis will reopen in advance of Battle for Atlantis to accommodate both the festive season demand and the fans, coaches and student athletes traveling to experience the most anticipated NCAA tournament of the year. This year, the Women's Battle for Atlantis Tournament debuts November 20th, followed by the Men's Battle for Atlantis Tournament starting November 24th. Mr. Woods voiced optimism that more persons will be recalled from furlough to cater to increased visitor demand as the Bahamas kicks off the start of the peak winter tourism season at Thanksgiving. The government last week signaled that the COVID-19 emergency orders will end on November 12th and not be renewed. This will trigger some 30 days later an end to the furlough period for workers sent home by their employers due to COVID-19. THE EMPLOYMENT ACT PROVISION REQUIRING EMPLOYERS TO EITHER RECALL OR PAY TERMINATION PACKAGES TO WORKERS SOME 90 DAYS OR 13 WEEKS AFTER THEY HAVE BEEN SENT HOME WILL THUS TAKE EFFECT ONCE AGAIN ON DECEMBER 13. THE furlough PERIOD WAS ALWAYS INTENDED TO END EVENTUALLY, GIVING THAT SOME WORKERS HAVE BEEN HOME. For nearly 21 months. Its cessation will thus give such employees closure and certainty, knowing that they will now either be recalled or handed termination packages. However, while many workers will doubtlessly welcome receiving full severance pay after a long struggle to survive, they may also struggle to find new jobs in a shrunken economy with high unemployment. As for employers, many may struggle to finance determination packages mandated by law following the devastation inflicted on revenues, cash flow, and profits by COVID-19. Mr. Woods says there are some indications that things are turning around a little bit and that they may mean less persons will be affected. And finally, PhilBoxing.com reports that in a historic day of world boxing, the presidents of the four main boxing organizations met within the annual Congress of the World Boxing Organization in Puerto Rico, seeking that a single champion per division prevails. In Puerto Rico, it has been possible to discuss and seek possible solutions on the challenges facing sport. The Mexican Mauricio Suleiman from the World Boxing Council. The Venezuelan Gilberto Jesus Mendoza from the World Boxing Association. The American Daryl Peoples from the International Boxing Federation and Puerto Rico host Francisco Valcarcel from the World Boxing Organization met making it clear the importance of the need to maintain relationships for the benefit of the sport. They will look for the unification combats among the champions of different divisions to be carried out. The WBA tries to maintain its proposal to eliminate interim titles and try to have only one champion in each division. Valcarcel openly asked and maintained that at this time we must separate the differences towards a prosperous future for boxing. For Mauricio Suleiman, there are very fundamental situations that should be focused on doing the best for boxing and energizing ideas. The agencies must find a way to respect the status of the unified and undisputed world champions, and above all, the protection of boxers in the ring must prevail. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, October 29th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.